Let's pray. Lord, we ask that um, you will prepare us and open our hearts Lord, to hear things we've heard hundreds of times before. And yet, Lord, we pray that uh, we will hear them with fresh ears and see them with new eyes. Lord, we pray that uh, you will convict us and speak to us. We pray that um, you will give us the grace to, to be obedient. And we do ask these things in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Daryl gave uh, an introduction. And um, the introduction was a little bit about these American, American holiday, Thanksgiving. And there was some connection between this holiday and the Bible. I think many of, many of uh, us uh, know that. And that when this group of religious dissidents, known as pilgrims, came, left England and went to, uh, went to North America, I was going to say to the United States, but there was no country known as the United States at that time. They came to mainly for the purpose not to get rich or to um, uh, create some big uh, empire. But uh, their main purpose was to come because they wanted to serve God. They wanted to be free uh, from the state church at the time. And uh, they were a people of the Bible, the pilgrims, and they took... Uh, many of their daily examples from the scriptures. And after arriving in America, surviving for a year, they decided to have a feast as a way of saying thank you. And in many ways, that feast has a parallel with the biblical feast of Sukkot. And... Um, that was certainly one of their inspirations. So I'd like to read the passage connected to Sukkot because it not only tells us uh, something about church history or the influence of the Bible down through the ages, it's a good reminder, it's a good reminder of what it means to rejoice and what it means to be thankful and uh, the response that uh, all of us need. And so there are a number of passages, but we can read from Deuteronomy chapter 16. And it says as follows. It says, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days after you have gathered the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press and here comes a command. Be joyful at your feast, you, your sons and daughters, your men servants and maid servants, and the Levites, the aliens, the fatherless, the widows who live in your towns. For seven days, not for five minutes, for seven days celebrate the feast to the Lord your God at the place the Lord chooses. 
For the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all the work of your hands, and your joy will be complete. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. No man should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord has blessed him. And so here we come, we have a, we have a holiday about Thanksgiving tied to this, tied to the biblical feast. And I'm sure some of you have heard me make one or two of these points uh, before, but I think sometimes um, these things are uh, worth repeating. And um, what is it about a life that's thankful that we learn from we learn from the passage. First of all, the Lord says um, to, we have this command to celebrate. Yes, and uh, the command, this command is not, uh, you know, about uh, being miserable or it's not about making um, some small effort uh, to be happy, maybe having a glass of wine or a piece of cake. Right here, worship is supposed to be exuberant. It's supposed to be joyful. Uh, we all remember the Psalm 100, which apparently was the favorite psalm of the Puritans. And Psalm 100 says, "Shout for joy! Shout to the shout! Sorry, shout! Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth! Worship the Lord with gladness! Come before Him with joyful songs!" Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are the people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Right? That's, that's not about worship that's repressed or worship that's uh, afraid to express emotion. So the, commandment, the command is uh, to celebrate. And here in verse 14, you have another commandment. The commandment is to be joyful. And I know, again, I've said this more than, more than once, but it does bear repeating. The Bible rarely, rarely is interested in our emotions. It commands our actions. It commands us to do this and not to do that. And it's not always very worried about how we feel in the process. But here the Lord, and it's rare, the Lord is commanding us to be joyful. Right? It's commanding us to, uh, to be joyful. And why should we be joyful? Because the harvest has come in and God has provided for us. And certainly, is it not true, the most, um, perhaps the best way that we can express thank you to anyone, right, is to do it through joy. And so we have a commandment, we have the commandment to, to be joyful um, for seven days, as I mentioned before, this is not something that we do five minutes a year or even one day a year. Here the Lord is asking us to set aside an entire week 
And to do what? To celebrate and to, be, and to focus on him and his goodness. Yeah. This is the, you might say, the, the essence of all of this. And of course, it's to do this, you might say, on the Lord's terms. So it's to appear in a certain, you could come to a certain place to present uh, ourselves before the Lord, right? to acknowledge his kingship, right? to come and to express our loyalty to him. And in a way, it's acknowledging that actually he is the one who has provided for us. So again, it's a good reminder, a very good reminder that we, right, are not the ones who supply or, or uh, provision ourselves, right? It's the, all these things, all these things come to the Lord. The, the text goes on to say that no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. And other passages, it talks about bringing gifts to the poor it's, um, or for the poor when you, uh, one comes to Jerusalem. It's, by the way, not just a celebration for those who have money. Not just, it is a celebration for every person of every class or every, from every social economic group. All were to be involved uh, in, this, um, in this celebration. And the joy that is involved or should be involved in Thanksgiving, I think is a, um, it, well, we should be reminded that when God sends Israel to exile, the book of Deuteronomy tells us that one of the reasons that the Israelites will lose their nation and go, uh, go into captivity, it says, because they did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and thirst and all nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemy the Lord sends against you. So here is a group of people who came to a place of prosperity. They did not serve the Lord joyfully or gladly in their prosperity and prosperity too much of a good thing is extremely dangerous. I know that we focus on poverty and the need to help people to break free from poverty or break free from those structures that keep people poor. But at the same time, I'm reminded when I read this verse of uh, my, my own country in the United States, that has incredible amount of prosperity. We've had years of relative peace. At least we haven't known a war on our shores. Uh, we have a good health, yes, a great infrastructure. People live long lives. And yet, the more we acquire, it seems the more people complain and the more miserable we are. Um, and instead of seeing that the glass is, half, is 80 or 90% full, we complain that it's 10% empty. And so serving the Lord 
It has to be done with have to, has to be done joyfully. It has to be done gladly. Uh, sorry, sorry, with gladness. And one of the best ways to do this is for us as a community and as individuals to continually, daily, right, remind ourselves and remind each other of the many good things that the Lord has done for each one of us and what the Lord has done for us, uh, especially here at Christ Church. I'm reminded one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Isaiah 63. And in Isaiah 63, it says this, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he has, for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, according to his compassion and his many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false. And so he became their savior. And then there's another verse, which is quite important in helping us to understand the incarnation. Um, in all their distress, he too was distressed, meaning God is connected to his people, or God is connected to us, and that he will be in the midst of our suffering, that he, having sent his son Jesus to live our lives, God knows, or, and the Lord knows, right, exactly what we're, what we're going through. And he goes through distress or suffering with us. But this is, a, this is one of the best reasons I can think of to tell of all the kindnesses of the Lord and all of the deeds uh, for which he is to be praised. Because in all our suffering or distress or misunderstandings that we will pass through in this life, right? God is always with us. He never, we will never be abandoned. We will never be forsaken. And in the perspective of eternity, we are protected forever. Um, many times during the year, we pray the Kenyan liturgy. And the prayer after communion, I think, is one of the most powerful parts of the liturgy. Because it goes like this, O God of our fathers, before whose face the generations pass away. Yes, God of our fathers, we thank you that in you we are kept safe forever. We are kept safe forever. Is this not a reason, right, for us to be grateful, thankful, even daily? And there are numerous other scriptures that talk about the importance of recounting, right, the, um, the gratitude of the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will rejoice, I'm sorry, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And by the way, many of these verses, uh, and they're numerous, are not just about repeating this, these to yourself, but is uh, testifying, to, testifying to others. And this, I think, daily, right, you might say, discipline of um, rehearsing 
or reviewing what the Lord has done for us, it is indeed uh, a very, very essential discipline. And I'll explain why in a moment. But it's a discipline because many times we don't feel like doing it, right? But prayer is uh, as, as, as advantageous as it may be, oftentimes requires us to discipline ourselves and pray. Giving might be the same. Fasting might be the same. Turning off the computer or turning off the television, right, might be, uh, uh, might be uh, similar. Closing our mouth and not gossiping about something is a spiritual discipline. Practicing forgiveness is a spiritual discipline. All of us need spiritual discipline. Not all of us need the same spiritual disciplines. Not all of us have a problem with food. Some of us do, some of us don't. Not all of us may be attracted by pornography. Some do, some don't. In every case, right, we need to practice uh, a discipline in order to live a godly, holy life. All of us, all of us need to practice the discipline, yes, the daily discipline of being thankful and rehearsing or repeating, yes, what the Lord has done for us. Because, here's why, you cannot be thankful and grateful to, you know, to the Lord for his protection or provision and uh, be proud at the same time. It doesn't work. You can't be thankful we're thankful for God's grace and walk around and think, well, I'm really special. And, you know, people owe me things, right? The community owes me things. You cannot be thankful and be unforgiving at the same time, right? You can't say, God, thank you for, give, for forgiving my sin, but I'm not going to forgive some, you know, I'm certainly not going to forgive someone else. You can't be thankful and be jealous or envious at the same time. And by the way, there's nothing that wrecks gratitude or thankfulness more than envy or jealous. Why does that person have something that I don't? You know, this week we, um, in our Bible study, we studied the story and depth of Cain and Abel. Now, it's not very clear why God Yes, preferred Abel over Cain. But what's really clear, yes, was the danger, was, was the uh, reaction, right? The envy or the jealousy that, uh, or the sense of entitlement that Cain had and how all of that allowed him to be dominated by sin. And that's a sin that ultimately you know, brought murder and uh, certainly a great deal, uh, a great deal of destruction. Yes, we don't know why God sometimes blesses this person and doesn't bless the other. But we do know that um, we have to be very, very careful not to take offense, not to take offense, yes, at the grace of God, but to react in the right way. 
We can't be thankful and be worried at the same time. We can't be thankful and bitter or thankful and offended. We can't be thankful for what God has done for us and be selfish. Right? That's, in many ways, gratitude right, becomes a foundation uh, uh, or even a key uh, for a virtuous, godly, holy life. Because in the process of being thankful, we're simply just humbling ourselves and acknowledging, you know, what God continues, certainly what God continues to, uh, to do for us. So this is, the, this is the holiday of Thanksgiving. It's a nice American holiday. I, for us, for many of us who grew up with it, it's, uh, it's very special. We all have warm, nostalgic memories of this holiday. But the holiday is something that we should practice every day. The testimony that we give to each other of what God has done for us should not be something that's done once a year, yeah? or not something that's only done at Sukkot. Right? What is the, let's end with just one or two verses from the New Testament, again as a reminder of these things. These are all very, very familiar verses. And so, 1 Thessalonians, which is, be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not give thanks for everything that happens to us. This is not Islam, right? But give thanks in the midst of whatever is happening to us, whether it be good or bad. And of course, here's Paul's admonition in uh, the book of, of Philippians. And he says, rejoice in the... First, first, he deals with an argument in the church between two, uh, two members of the church. Yes, and he's, his, what he's basically saying, instead of fighting and arguing amongst, uh, with each other, why don't the two of you, why don't, in fact, why, don't, why, does not, why not, doesn't the whole community rejoice in the Lord always? I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near in the process of rejoicing. We don't have to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to God and the peace of God, yes, which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.